In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. It's a fearful story. Not really a ghost story, but the disciples thought it was a ghost. When Jesus came walking on the water toward their boat, they were afraid. They cried out in fear. Jesus calmed their fears. Don't be afraid. It is I. Peter, for whatever reason, we can only guess, but it is Peter after all, decides he wants to get on the water walking as well. If it's really you, Lord, tell me to come out there where you are. Pretty fearless of him, right? Oh, it goes fine for a little while. And then Peter begins to, begins to realize the effects of the wind on the water, and he was afraid. And he began to sink. Lord, save me! He cries out. And of course, the Lord does. He reaches down and takes Peter's hand, brings him into the boat. Peter's fear is removed. And when Jesus and Peter step into that boat, all of a sudden, the wind dies down. The waves smooth out. Everything is peaceful and fear is gone. Today's Gospel lesson lays fear right out in front of us. It reminds us of this problem with which we all struggle at various times and to varying degrees. Fear. Let's contrast the question today. Fear or faith? We humans are all pretty well acquainted with fear. We all have fears from an early age. When you first go to school and you're afraid of the unknown. When you lie in bed at night and are afraid of the dark. We all have fears. And then we get older and we have different fears. You can find listings of all sorts of phobias out on the internet. By one count, there are over 500 known and scientifically documented phobias. There are some with which you are no doubt familiar. Others are more rare or obscure, and a few of these are real tongue twisters. Listen to a few of these, if you will. Acrophobia, the fear of heights. Agoraphobia, fear of crowds or being in open places. Claustrophobia, the fear of confined spaces. Kurophobia, the fear of clowns. Glossophobia, the fear of speaking in public. Legizomechanophobia, the fear of computers. Porphyrophobia, fear of the color purple. Palatophobia, fear of bald people. Ephibophobia, fear of teenagers. Phobophobia, fear of phobias. And of course, homilophobia, the fear of sermons. Maybe your fears are of an illness. Maybe your fear is for people in your family. Are you afraid about your financial security? 
Or do you simply find lots of little things to worry about and to be afraid of? But what is our greatest fear? Or at least what should it be? The root of all fear is certainly a spiritual one, and it is connected with sin. In fact, the very first fear recorded was a direct result of Adam and Eve's sin. You know the words. I heard you walking in the garden, and I hid because I was afraid. Since then, all the other fears lead back to that one fear. The ultimate fear is a dread of knowing that we are not all right. There is something very wrong, very wrong with us as we stand before our God. The ultimate fear that we should have, that every human being should be quaking and shivering in their boots about, is the fear of the wrath of our Almighty God. For we sinners deserve death and punishment and eternal condemnation. This is what true fear is all about. Fear that because of my sin, my own sin, my own most grievous sin, God will say to me at the judgment, Depart from me, you evildoer. Those are perhaps the most fearful words in all of Scripture. There's a part of us, even as Christians, that still fears such a thing. I've heard many stories about lifelong believers, and good Lutherans at that, who still fear that God will drag all of their sins out in the open before His judgment throne. That somehow, when they're scrutinized, they're going to be found lacking. And these kinds of fears are the absolute delight of Satan, who wants us to doubt, to worry, and to despair. So how can we deal with fear? We could turn turn fear into a TV reality show and watch other people do all sorts of fearful stunts, from the dangerous to the gross. But how does that help you and me with our fears? We could use some sort of systematic desensitization, and little by little, get closer and closer to those things that we fear. But how does that help us with our ultimate fear? How do you desensitize yourself to the fear of eternal death? Maybe I could get rid of fear by positive thinking, going to my happy place. No, that won't work either. These are all human answers, and therefore they're all limited, and they will all fail. It's better to hear what God has to say about our fears, and it's better to let God deal with our fears. And God is decidedly against fear. How often does the Bible speak those words, Fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. From now on you shall be fishers of men. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, I am the first and the last. In fact, the phrase, fear not, appears in the Bible somewhere between 80 
and 140 times, depending on how you count it and how you translate certain sections. But all of this talk about fearing not is useless, isn't it? Unless God actually does something about it. Well, fear not. God does. The only thing to really do with fear effectively is to take it away. And that's what Jesus does. The story of Jesus walking on the water is also a reminder of where and how and by whom fear is put away. Jesus calms our fears. Jesus gives us courage. Just as Jesus took the disciples' fears away and took Peter's fear away, so He takes our fear away. He doesn't just say it. He actually does something about it. St. John wrote in his first letter to the early church, perfect love drives out fear. Only God has perfect love. And He shows that love to us in Christ. He showed the way by which He loved the world by sending His only Son, Jesus, to the cross to stand in the place of each and every one of us. Our fear of standing before God's judgment is thus taken away because Christ has stood in our place. He has hung on that cross and He bore the anger and the wrath and the judgment of God for us. Our deepest and our darkest fears come into focus at that cross. And there they are put away in the death of Christ. There God said, get away from me to Jesus. There God's anger was unleashed at Christ. There God's righteous judgment was meted out in its full power, in its full measure upon Christ. Everything that we could fear, Christ took. And He took it away from us. At the cross, the power of fear is destroyed forever because the power of our greatest fears Eternal death for the guilt of our sins is destroyed forever. So when Jesus says, fear not, He has both the standing and the authority to say it. When Jesus says, fear not, He isn't just saying it. He is all about making it happen. Really taking our fears away. You're all familiar with how young children can find themselves afraid in the middle of the night. A youngster might come into his parents' room and say, there's a monster under my bed. The parents could simply say in all truthfulness, no, there isn't a monster under your bed. That's silly. Get back to sleep. But would this really do anything to take the child's fear away? No, of course it wouldn't. How much better would it be if the parent goes with the child, looks under the bed, maybe even turns on the light, and shows the child that there is nothing to fear? When we come to Jesus with our fear of the monster, He doesn't just tell us to buzz off. He doesn't flippantly say, don't sweat it, there's nothing to worry about. Nor does He make us look under that bed all by ourselves. For in this case, in the case of sin, death, and the devil, the monster is quite real, quite dangerous, 
quite deadly. What Jesus does instead is to root out that monster and to destroy it before our eyes. The three-headed monster of sin, death, and the devil is not only cast away by Christ, it is ground into the dust under His feet, never to cause us to fear again. Jesus doesn't just say it. Jesus does it. It is not insignificant that fear appears twice in the story of storms and stumbling. First, the disciples are afraid when they see Jesus, thinking that He is a ghost. Next, Peter is afraid when he sees the effects of the swirling wind and realizes, hey, I'm walking on water out in the middle of a stormy lake. Am I out of my mind? In both cases, Jesus takes the fear away. In the first instance, He speaks it away. Fear not, it is I. And in the second instance, He does something about it. Reaching out and snatching Peter from certain death. Peter and his impetuous actions and his growing fear give us a window into our own struggles with fear and with faith. And Jesus is always there to catch us, too. With Him, we need never fear. Jesus again and again deals with our fear. Jesus will always and continually remind us that we have nothing to be afraid of. We stand righteous before God. As you read a couple of weeks ago in the epistle lesson from the book of Romans, nothing can separate us from God's love for us in Christ. We need not fear danger or famine or nakedness or sword or angels or demons, nor the present nor the future, nor anything else in all of creation, not even death. We are safe with Him in His love here in the ark of His church in Christ. When we read the account of Jesus walking on the water, we are reminded of many things. That Jesus is powerful. That Jesus controls nature. That He calls His disciples to trust in Him. And that He rescues us when we are in danger of being lost forever. But more than that, we also see that Jesus takes away fear. He bids His disciples and He bids us to take courage and do not be afraid. Franklin Roosevelt famously said in his first inaugural address, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. A catchy phrase and pretty effective in the worldly sense, but it's not very theological and it's not very useful in dealing with our concerns about our eternal well-being. Much better is it for us to hear, in Christ we have nothing to fear, period. For He is our Savior and our God. He died for our sins and He now lives forever. And Jesus says, fear not. End of story. End of death. End of fear. Amen.